Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I don't know whether my wife is here or she's with the students upstairs. Maybe she was shocked to see me stand now for the anniversary. Leave it to me to explain myself. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll explain myself. Don't go and explain on my behalf. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. God has been blessing me this week for some unexplained reasons. I've been having some peaceful messages coming to me, and they've been lifting me up. And the testimonies that people have been giving have been an encouragement to me. It came to Monday, I was so blessed. Last night, I was so blessed, and I've been blessed this far. And I'm so grateful to God. I want us to share this morning on the subject of know the truth. Know the truth. Praise the Lord. I'm not under any, I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to exhaust all the truth because it's so vast. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to share a few things from the word of God, which I believe you and I, receiving them and acting on them can make a difference in your life. There are so many that God has, so much that God has shared with us through his word and so much that will be shared thereafter so I'm only scratching a very small piece of it. And I would like this to be a starting point for you to challenge yourself as you delve in the word of God, to challenge yourself and pick out something that God is speaking to you every time you go before him. And every time somebody speaks the word of God, be sensitive enough to pick it out and run away with that little that you have received because that is what makes the difference in our lives. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our midst. Share with us that which you have purposed on this day. Speak to each one of us as your purpose in our lives, Lord. The King of glory, you may lift us from one level to another, lift us to a higher rock than we have been. Speak into our lives that which will edify. Speak into our lives that which will spur us to a greater walk with you, O oh God. An exciting experience in the presence of God. A Christian life that we can celebrate. A Christian life that men can look at and say, yes, indeed, there is sweetness in salvation. There is sweetness in relating to God. There is a purpose for me to seek this one and only Messiah, Jehovah, that he may come and dwell in my life. Father, this morning, let it be a starting point for each one of us to begin to search our lives and desire that God, you may come in and abide with us. Your word says, you stand at the door and knock. Every man who opens his door, 
you shall come in and dine with us. Come in, O Lord Jesus, this morning. Speak to us the words of life. Speak to us the words of healing. Speak to us the words that will transform our lives from one level to another, Lord. We thank you and we glorify thee. In Jesus' name, we are prayed. As I said, I wanted to speak. The title doesn't look so... Maybe it may not make sense grammatically or whatever, but at least you know the words. No, you know it. There, you know. And the truth is what we want to discover. Praise the Lord. So you can connect them in your own mother tongue and let them make sense to you. But that is what we are going to share. Know the truth. I would like us to turn to the book of John, chapter 8. Verse 32. The Bible says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, it's a very simple statement, but it's a very powerful tool in our Christian life. So what every Christian should be asking himself what is the truth? Because if you don't know the truth, then you shall not be free. Implicit in this statement is that if you don't know the truth, you are imprisoned. You are in a bondage. No matter how free you feel, but to the extent you, know, you don't know certain truth, then you are still in bondage. So it means... Day and day, as we discover certain truth about the word of God, we are being freed in that aspect. Praise the Lord. You are being freed in that aspect where you have discovered the truth of the word of God. And I will be very honest with you. There are many times as I read the word of God, sometimes the very common verses that I've read over and over and over and over, and people have spoken about them. One day I read it, and suddenly something shines in my heart. I discover I had never looked at this verse in this aspect. So up until that time, I have that experience. It means there was some limitation in my understanding of the word of God in that particular respect. Until the spirit of God opens it up again to me. Praise the Lord. Now, the reason why I'm very proud to be in this category of people is because even the disciples walked with Jesus for a very long time, and he used to ask them, all this time I've walked with you and you have not understood this. So it means you can be looking at the truth every time and hearing it, and sometimes you don't see it. You don't come to understand it until suddenly the Spirit of God lifts off the veil and then suddenly it comes to your understanding. Are we there, all of us? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Those who sit at the back, today I've come with my windscreen. When you see me put it on, I've sensed there's something happening at the back, which is not pleasant. So I'll be able to see you very clearly. Right now I see shadows, men like shadows. 
Praise the Lord. Don't be scared. This is the house of the Lord. We just want to be together as we move. I'll share with you some experience as I was growing up just to bring to a clear understanding of what I'm saying. I grew up in an agricultural institution back in Kenya. It was an institute training young people uh, to equip them technically to go and help farmers. It was uh, an agricultural institute, training institute. So because it was an agricultural training institute, they had some demonstration plots all over. All forms of crops were being grown there. So some of them were new to us. We never knew. We, would, we had seen them in the books, seen them in the TV, but we had never come to interact with them. Things like uh, rice. We enjoyed eating rice so much, but we had never seen how it looks like. So when we saw something looking like grass and somebody told us this is rice, we were wondering, how? Green stuff. Until they started harvesting and then we saw what it looks like. Praise the Lord. One particular thing that took me a very long time, and I don't want to say when I discovered it was something you could eat because you laugh at me. I think there's a fruit they call pomegranate. You can see that the name is, I'm struggling because I've never come to terms to, with it so much. I see my wife purchase it and sometimes I look at her. I've never revealed to her this. Probably she's not, so she, she would not laugh at me. So there were also other fruits that were being grown in that place. In my area, I was comfortable with mangoes, yes. Any type of mango you show me, I would eat without questioning. Uh, uh, things like uh, oranges, guavas, because they were wild in the bush, we would just pick them as we go to school. There was no problem. Lemons, we saw them and there was no problem. But this particular one was, there was one plant that we had come across. And we would see the fruits very ripe. But we used to caution each other. And we picked it from our elder brothers and they would say, this one is poisonous. You eat it and you are dead. <laughs> Every time we would pass there and we, ah, that's poisonous. We go for the other things. But later when I came to realize the thing I used to see when I was young was actually fruit. I wished I had a time machine. I swing back in the past, but with my understanding now. And I will never tell the other people that this is something you can eat. I would come there alone, when they are away, and eat as much as I could, and then I go back. Because we knew birds were eating, yes, but they were not dying. So you see, I would benefit so much. I would be, somebody benefiting because I would be the only one who eats poison, and survives. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So you can see the kind of bondage, the kind of problem ignorance can bring. Food is going to waste. Birds are eating food. You can only look at them. And, that one? I did not know the truth. That that was a fruit. 
I missed it. Until God had mercy, later on, when I started traveling outside the country, <laughs> I saw other human beings eating. I said, eh? <laughs> This thing can be eaten. But it was too late. I could not run back home and become a child to start eating. So I've been eating what other people are eating now. But this is an era where even quavers are being sold. You know, when I'm talking like this, you don't understand, so I'll explain. When I grew up, all along the road as I go to school, there were quaver plants wildly growing. You would choose which one you want to eat. And if you went to somebody's compound, actually they wanted children to eat as much as possible because they, when they fall down, they start, they smell and, so they would come and eat quavers because they are there. So when I see people selling me to me in Lulu quavers, <laughs> I ask them, what's, what's wrong with these people? These are free things you should give children. In fact, I should just eat lunch in my house and walk in Lula and start eating some of those fruit. They should not question me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, to the extent I did not know that that was a fruit that could be eaten, the truth that it was a fruit did not benefit me. I was ignorant, and so I lost it. All the, the pomegranate, pomegranate fruits that fell all through my, my youth are gone. I don't know whether that plant is still there. But one day I'll, tell my, I'll take my children where I grew up and try to walk in that place. Praise the Lord. That is what it means. If you don't know the truth, you cannot be free in that aspect. You need to understand what word of God is saying concerning a given situation and once you begin to understand it, then you are free to that extent. The second example. Sorry, I'm a teacher. Praise the Lord. Sometimes when I speak here, I approach from that angle sometimes. How many of you heard of East African Safari Rally? Of course, I, I know it would be just a handful because it was there a long time ago and uh, it was first out. It used to be part of the World Rally. My East African Safari Rally was a very popular event. It would attract people from the Nordic countries all over to come in Kenya, in Tanzania to compete. Initially it was Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, and then it was in Kenya alone. We have a gentleman by the name Joginda Singh and another one by the name Shaka Mehta. Those names sound familiar. Praise the Lord. These are not Indians, they are Kenyans. <laughs> Joginda Singh, we had nicknamed him Simba wa Kenya. Do you know what Simba means? Lion. The Lion of Kenya. Joginda Singh. This man never won any other rally outside. But even if the world champions came to East Africa, they would recon 
with Joginda Singh. Some of them will get lost into the game parks as they are driving, but Joginda Singh will just drive. You hear he's in Dar es Salaam, he's the one leading on the road, he's in Kampala leading, and Kenyans will be, we would be very proud. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because our own is winning a world rally. But the truth of the matter is, Joginda Singh had grown up there. He was, I don't know, the fifth generation. He was more of a Kenyan, than, more of an East African than most of us. So he knew all those roads. He knew all those roads. So they were so familiar to him. So the chances of getting lost were so slim. The other world rally drivers had to come maybe three months early to familiarize themselves with the place. But what is three months in three countries? Would you be able? It's, it's not very easy. So the advantage that Joginda Singh and Shaka Mehta used to have, because they were the leading lights in those, in those rallies, the advantage they had is that they knew the truth about their Kenyan, Ugandan, and Tanzanian roads. It was not easy for them to get lost along the way. They drove with confidence because they understood the geography of the place. They understood seasons of rains in various places. So they knew how to, manu to maneuver around. While the other people would remain stuck in the mud from morning up to evening, Joginda Singh would pass. Shaka Mehta would pass. And people would wonder, are these people using some tricks or some other panya roads? Panya is rat. <laughs> They're using secret roads, they would wonder. But the truth of the matter is that it was their mastery of that area that had enabled them to, to master. Why is Kenneth sharing with you so many of these stories? It's on the issue of truth. The truth you know, the things that you understand as a child of God, will always make your life one to celebrate, want to enjoy, your Christianity will not be as dull as it may appear now. Maybe it's appearing like that because some truths have not been revealed to you. So some things have been withheld from your understanding. And for that reason, you are struggling on your own. Now, from the same verse we have said, it implies, as I said, if you don't know some truth, if you don't know truth, then you are in bondage, a form of bondage. You end up struggling to free yourself, which is never an exciting experience. But this is what I want us to interrogate this morning and just share about a few things from the scripture. They are not exhaustive, but once you begin to appreciate them, these things can make you, your life revived, can make your life to be one to celebrate, can make your life to be enjoyable, can make your life to be admirable by people outside. Praise the Lord. When you become stressed as a child of God, you're actually challenging the people who are about to give their lives to Christ. They begin to question, what is there for me if Kenneth has been a Christian all this time and he looks miserable? What is in this for me? If so-and-so is complaining the way I'm complaining, 
Why should I join this? Why should I embrace this faith? But I want to tell you, the word of God gives us the freedom to enjoy our lives. The word of God is loaded to the extent when you begin to cleave on the truth that God is dropping into your life every other time you interact with Christians, you'll begin to realize that you are living a life that is fulfilled, a life that you can enjoy, a life that gives you freedom to share the word of God, a, a life that preaches to the other people what God can do in your life. The first verse we are going to look at is Hebrews 11, uh, 6. It's one that we know so well. But let's just try to examine it again. The Bible says, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He is a rewarder of those they that diligently seek him. Now, if you look at that verse, it has got... It has got two parts in it. I was sharing with some brethren recently what God had just ministered to me about it. It has got two parts in it. First, it says, but without faith it is impossible. Now, I want this to be very clear to every Christian seated here this morning. I know deep within your heart, you desire to please God. You desire to be in good relationship with God. But the strange thing, the import of this verse, is that there's no middle ground. You have faith in God, you please Him. You don't have faith, there's no 99.9% .9 of pleasing him. Yes, use the word, it is impossible. Had the Bible used the word, it is difficult, then there is a spectrum on which we can measure ourselves. I'm actually pleasing God 88%, 90%, 76%, 99%. But this one, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now, I'll use the same examples I used as we were sharing with brethren. You know, people think they don't have faith. We have, we have faith. Praise the Lord. We do have faith. And the reason that you are seated here is because you have faith. I've not said faith in God. I've just said you have faith. Anybody doubting my assertion? Praise the Lord. I want to confirm why you have faith. Then we will question whether that faith is in the right direction or in the wrong direction. Only three people are standing, but the rest of us are seated. Anybody who doesn't have a chair. Now, when we came here, I did not see a single person inspect the chair and shake it to confirm that it can actually withstand his weight. Anybody who did that? 
Anybody who shook the chair, tested to see that, is this chair okay? Has pastor placed the right chairs here or is tricking us to fall? We sat comfortably because we believe those thin metallic strips that are holding on the floor can withstand the 80 kilograms you are depositing on them. Sisters, don't, don't murder me when I come from me. I know yours is 40 kilograms. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why do you believe in this plastic and this metal? You cannot believe in God. Have we ever questioned ourselves this? Number two. I used to base the buses. In Kenya, we call them matatus. I don't know. In India, what do you call them? I know the motorbikes, the motorbikes in uh, Nigeria, you call them ogada. Oh, oh? Okada. Yes. Praise the Lord. When we go at the bus park, and find a beza bus parked there and somebody seated in them. I have never seen somebody go to look at the tires and ask the driver, open this engine, let me look at it first. And then ask, are you really a driver? Show me your driving license. Somehow, we believe whoever is sitting on the driver's seat will securely drive us to wherever we are going. Comfortably, we come in and sit. Thank God you are not in Kenya. 90% <laughs> of the times you find somebody sitting on the steering, his work is just to rev the engine <clears throat> and make you feel like the vehicle is about to leave. He's not going to drive that car. It's to rush you up so that you come. Or oh, the vehicle is leaving, you sit. And immediately another one comes. He says, bring, where are you going? Bring your money. Bring your money. You are just two people in the vehicle. And he, says, he collects the money. After he has collected, you see him whistling somewhere there. <laughs> so for two hours, you have to wait for the others to come. Because the person who collected the money has disappeared. You, you ask the driver, where's my money? I want to go. He says, did you give me your money? <laughs> Praise the Lord. But in Kenya, you'll find all of us running. When the person does that and he pretends to start the vehicle, we run in, we sit. Then after all the money has been collected, you will see another person come in and this one takes off and he stands. Have you finished the mathematics? Okay. Mm, you go. Then you wonder, suppose this person who was sitting here drove us. Probably it would be a disaster. Praise the Lord. It would be a disaster. But it's because men have learned to build faith in things that do not have any meaning. Things that are even risky to them. Than to transfer that faith into the almighty God. And tell him, Father, I want you to take charge of my life. We are ready to entrust our lives in the hands of men. And comfortably feel, yes, I'm so, if so and so is there, then I'm okay. But when God says, trust me. Trust in what I'm telling you. We are very quick to question. But where are you coming from, Lord? How can I start trusting without seeing anything? 
It is impossible to please God. I want to say this morning, as we try to challenge ourselves, shall we begin to trust God in our lives as children of God? Transfer your, your trust in other things, in the money, in your job, in your house, in your children. Transfer that trust in God and see what the Father will do for you. Praise the Lord. One benefit is that then you please God. The struggles you've been having to please God is because your trust is halfway for God and halfway for the other things. The faith you have in God is informed by what you already have in your pocket. Not who God is to you. Can you look at him as the author of everything that we have? And build your faith in him. That's the sure foundation for your success and your good life. Praise the Lord. The same verse. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. You have come here because you believe God is there. I have no doubt. But I have got a question mark on the second part, on the next part in that verse. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. All of us believe God. We have faith in him. That's a truth that we have established in our life. But the next truth that God rewards those who diligently seek him becomes a, a chance. It's, it's like this lotto. Most Christians, we, I may also be included, we, we relate to God in terms of him blessing us as a lotto. Today you pray, he, he blesses you, you are excited. Tomorrow you are doubting, will he really manage this one? He did this, then you miss it and you blame him. But it's because your faith in him is just a yo-yo. It's just playing around. When you feel like this one he can manage, so you choose to God what you want him to do for you. And do you know God is very faithful to his word? I am who I am. If you choose to believe me for this little, I'll bless you there. If you choose not to believe me for this other one, I'll not bless you because you have not believed me. He has not broken any of his commandments. Because he is who you say he is in your life. If you say God will manage everything in your life, then challenge him on that. Based on his word. And see if you will be the first person for God to fail. We will record you in the Guinness Book of Records. Praise the Lord. That is why we are healed today. Tomorrow there's another thing we say. This one. I've been to all hospitals and they are telling me the same thing. I thank God. One of our pastors has told us very clearly. The philosophy of medicine. It's God who they serve. Praise the Lord. All medical science is there to serve. It is just an instrument through which God uses to deliver his healing. Praise the Lord. 
So you can't blame them. You can't blame anybody. It is because we, in one way or another, probably we have limited God so much. Now, when you look at me, probably you say, ah, this man, he's up there. We, we are here. You know, I'm speaking, I like sharing what I go through also. I don't share what other people go through. I know many times I've trusted God on one time and I felt so excited. He has done these great things. The next day, even a smaller thing sweeps me off ground and I'm panicking. I know I've been there. Praise the Lord. So I'm not saying only I'm speaking to myself also. Kenneth and church, shall you challenge yourself to have faith in God? Let him perform what he has to do. Praise the Lord. That is a truth that I want to share with you this morning. A second truth. A second truth. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. We are going to share on the things that we already know, but just to have, let God open a different perspective to these things. That's my prayer, that we begin to look at these verses in a new way. And God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, verse 26 is the intention of God. Praise the Lord. It is what is going on in the mind of God concerning you. Praise the Lord. That he wants you to be created in his own image. So I want you to underline the word image, his image, because you need to reflect over that, not only now, but as you go home. What is the image of God? Because if you don't know what God's image is, then you will not know whether you, you are fitting in that image or you are away from that image. Praise the Lord. So I'm not going to describe the whole of it because if I had seen God, then I'll not be here. No man can see God and praise the Lord. But from his word, there are certain things that we can pick out that show us what God expects a godly man to be like. Praise the Lord. Just before that, there's a whole series of verses. And it was good, and it was good, and God said, and it was good, and God said, and God said, and it was from verse 1. Now, one, God says something and it turns into what he has said. And I want to ask you, how many times has your tongue confessed negative things about your life? Now, if you are in the image of God, Remember, everything he said, it came to be. And you are in the image of God. So that means everything you say as the image of God 
will come into existence. So this is where we go wrong. Because first from our mind, God's intention was very pure. And verse 27, he came to execute his intention. So we start from our minds. That is why in Romans 12, uh, it says, be ye renewed in your mind. Let's go through it. Verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So once our mind is in the image of the mind of God, we are able to determine our destiny in line with the purposes of God for our lives. Are all our minds clean? Don't answer me because maybe it will be a resounding no. Praise the Lord. I like the house of uh, the commons in the UK. They make a lot of noise when they are voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you wonder, who, how can you determine how many yes are there and how many no's? But they say, okay, there are yes, I've got 300 and it is submissive. I don't want you to answer, but I want you to reflect over it. How is my mind? Is my mind loaded with the things of God? Because if my mind is not loaded with the things of God, this mind gives me the intentions in my life. I end up executing the wrong plans. I end up doing that which is not right in the sight of God. Because my mind is my actions is a reflection of what my thoughts are. That's why the Bible says, be ye renewed in your mind. Be transformed in your mind. Praise the Lord. You must, your, your thoughts must be right concerning yourself. And I'm talking about people thinking negatively about themselves. Now, in our midst, there are people who are born in different backgrounds. And probably you are in a family that everybody in the village knew. These ones, they can never go anywhere. And whenever you attempted to do anything, your father tried to do something, people laughed at him. Yourself, you tried to do something, people laughed at you. And they reminded you your background. Until that has become the kind of truth you have stored in your mind. So every time you speak to yourself such neg negativity that I cannot, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. And indeed, that is why you cannot. Praise the Lord. Because the power of life and death is in your tongue. As you confess, so shall it be in your life. If you speak negative things to your life, they will come to be. The devil will grab hold of them, and that is enough evidence that this man has said this about himself. He's your child, but he has used this word, so he will implement it in your life. Speak that which is right. 
That is why we need to load ourselves every time, expose our minds to the word of God. Even if somehow there will be something that arrested you of the word of God that will remain in your mind. During the time you are in unconscious, that's what lingers in your mind. But if you are loaded with wrong things, every time those are the things that linger in your mind. Fill your mind with the things of God. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. Praise the Lord. Then that will be the basis for your successful life, a revived life. Praise the Lord. Jeremiah 29, God says about the thoughts he has for you. They are good thoughts. Praise the Lord. They are good thoughts towards you. And why? Because he wants you also to think good thoughts about yourself and about the next person. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give you an expected end. You can only actualize in your life that which has been set up in your mind. As a man thinketh, so is. If you think you're a failure, you'll remain. And as a teacher, I have seen this in real a reality. That children, you can see this boy has got a lot of potential to do well. One day you ask a very tough question in the class. Nobody else is answering. This one comes and answers. And the rest of the week, because I answered that one question, he switches off. He doesn't want to listen to you. And you can see them dropping in their performance down, down, down. You talk to them, you do everything, but they are not improving. It's not because they cannot but they have decided to think they cannot. And so they cannot. Most of the people who succeed in, in school and wherever, it's not that they're the brightest. You can think in school, some people are so bright, but somehow they, they dropped off. But the average ones keep struggling and they look like they're the ones who are doing Just because the mindset is changed. Let us work on our mind. We are the image of God. God has got good plans for us. Can we also take the same good plans about ourselves and allow God to execute them in our lives? Let's not complain. It is laid down clear in his word, Jeremiah 29, 11, he has got good thoughts concerning you and me. That is in no doubt. Let us also take up our position as children of God and begin to think in such direction. Praise the Lord. A third truth that I would like to quickly go through, Exodus 3, 13. Exodus 3, 13. Onwards. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. What I've just been saying two minutes ago. Praise the Lord. When God was declaring this to Moses, 
was giving Moses a blank check, telling him, go and tell my children this, they can fill in this check what they want. I am whom they will want me to be in their life. If they want me to be a deliverer to them, I'll be a deliverer. If they want me to be a provider for them, I'll be a provider. If they want me to be a healer to them, I'll be a healer. If they want me to be a shield unto them, I'll be a shield unto them. It is up to them to determine who I will be in their lives. So in other words, God has shared with you some authority about on himself that you can, you, can, you can place him where you want him to be in your life. If you want him to deliver you in a given situation, you are my deliverer, Lord. Come and deliver me. And he will come in and deliver you. Praise the Lord. How often have we left out this opportunity? We have rushed to various ends to sort out things. It's because this truth, we have not embraced it. It has not come deep in our heart to understand we are the children of God. And indeed, he has given us that liberty to access every resource in the heavenly kingdom for our own benefit. It shall be true to the extent you desire to access it. Praise the Lord. And that is why several names are used in the Bible. The children of Israel began to discover this reality in their life, and they were using different names for God. It's not that they were different gods, no. They were discovering something new every time, and therefore they would want to know, oh, this God is also Jehovah Jireh. Praise the Lord. can provide. Oh, this God is also Jehovah Shalom. When I am troubled in my heart, he can give me peace. When I am swayed by all the circumstances around, he can restore peace and calm in my life. Praise the Lord. Shall you access these benefits as a child of God? That's a truth that is laid at your feet. You can access it to the extent that you so desire as a child of God. Some called him Elohim and others Rophe, and that is what God was to them at that moment. But it doesn't mean if Jehovah is Jireh to Brother Cloudy, he cannot be Jireh to Brother Kenneth. No. He is omnipresent. Omni. Omni. Uh, it's because I didn't know the other name, so I was just <laughs> Omni. So you finish for me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying is, God is there. He's, he's waiting. Somebody shared. I, no, it's, it's me who was sharing. I said, I was listening last uh, holiday, summer holidays, I went home and I was, I was trying to listen to some messages about angels. Angels. The Bible says they are ministering spirits to us. True or false? They attend to our needs. True or false? Now, Kenneth lives like every other Christian around. He doesn't mind. He doesn't think there's an angel around him. <laughs> he just walks. But this time, I started reflecting over this. The challenge I found was the angels have been assigned to each one of us. Every one of you to minister to your needs. Now, angels are excited when they are doing, executing the purposes of God. For God. Praise the Lord. 
unfortunately, there's a group of angels, when they go back just for briefing and interaction, there are various groups of angels. Some come with excited faces. And the gentleman I was assigned to did a lot of things and blah, blah, blah. He asked me to do this, I went to do this. He, gave, he delegated so much to me, I did so much. There's, a, there's another group of angels which says, that man keeps struggling on his own. Even when you come to help, he tells you, no, leave, I'll do it myself. So that means among us Christians, that those who have not understood that God has already sent ministering spirits to attend to our needs, instead of letting go, so that they minister to these needs. We still struggle with them. We want to do it ourselves because we are looking at false sense of glory so that you will say, I did this, I did this, I fasted, and this happened. I prayed, and this happened. Oh, who told you your fasting is the one which is causing things to happen? It is good to fast and show humility before God, but at the end of the day, he determines what happens. Praise the Lord. So you must remain humble before God. You must remain humble before God. Allow him to work in your life. Praise the Lord. So discover some of these things that God is doing in your life. Don't seek for recognition. Don't seek for recognition. Or don't seek to outshine other people in the kingdom. Allow God to minister to you and let him be seen in everything. Praise the Lord. Let God be seen in everything. As long as you benefit from it, just enjoy what he's doing for you. Don't struggle to show people that it's me, I did this and this happened, I did this and this happened. It doesn't add value to you. You remain the same Christian, the same Kenneth you were. Praise the Lord. If God just lifts off his favor, useless, praise the Lord. So let's Learn to allow God and to discover that God has allowed us to make him who he should be in our lives. And he will be to the extent you desire and seek to allow him. Uh, the fourth thing I want us to share about is from the book of 1 Samuel 17. Also, First Samuel 17:45. Then, then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts and the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Now David had killed a lion. David had killed a bear. If it was in this world now, and it is Kenneth, I'd be walking knowing that uh, what people are thinking about me. Because if somebody tries to play around with me, all I have to say, Brother Prasad, tell him what I did. Praise the Lord. I'll tell him, tell that, that gentleman what I did. He doesn't know me. And, and when the message reaches him, he will, he will know where, how he should behave. 
Maybe we'll come and say, oh, Ken, I was just trying to joke. Don't worry. Don't worry. Now he changes even Kenneth becomes Ken. So that uh, no trouble because of my past achievements. It's the Lord. But David knew this. But he had discovered a truth that without God, he's nothing. When he comes to pronounce his presence to the Philistine, he says, I am coming in the name of the Lord. I am coming in the name of the Lord. Not my history, not my background, not what I have, but my God is the one I'm putting in front. Praise the Lord. He is my banner. He's the one I want you to see in this circumstance. And we see what God did in that event. Praise the Lord. The enemy was slain. Who is your enemy this morning? What struggles are you facing? How big are they? You know, when we are talking about Goliath, you don't really understand. Go and read that, Bible, that, that, that section and think about it. The entire army, whenever he stood, the entire army went into the caves. That's how terrible it was to the Israelites. They knew we have already lost this war. We are just, let's, let's comfort our wives. Let them know that there are also men in Israel. So they would come with their spears, but the shivering. So the man would stand up. Imagine a soldier, somebody else is holding for him the shield. He doesn't carry the shield himself. Somebody else holds for him the shield. So a, a very big defiance on the children of God. So they were scared. But this young man comes and realizes if we go in this style, if we follow our king with the things he's teaching us, this armor, we have lost. This fear will torment us for eternity. What we need to do is to go to God and allow God to fight our battle. Praise the Lord. Let God go into that battle you are facing this morning. Allow him to wage the war. Stand on the side and watch. Your role is to celebrate the victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. Praise the Lord. You have been given a very simple task. Watch and celebrate the victory. Mark eleven twenty three. we know, whatsoever you ask when you pray, believe that it has been given to you and it shall be yours. So begin to exercise this. However big the battle looks, know that when you are praying over that battle, God has already done it. He has already done it. It's already finished. Yesterday we were told it is. It is. Learn to declare that. On the cross, Lord, you finish this stuff. I am here to witness your victory in my life. I'm here to celebrate your victory in this circumstance. However serious it may look, I shall celebrate. Praise the Lord. So David discovered that God was a deliverer at that time. And it was good for him. And it will be good for you also when you get to appreciate this truth. Number five, John 14, 6. John 14, 6.
the Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Praise the Lord. It is easy to quote this. Do we ever reflect over it, to meditate over it, and to see how is Jesus my way? How is Jesus my truth? How is Jesus my life? That's why I said, if you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Praise the Lord. He makes a way where there is no God will make a way. No way. He walks in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my friend. Today he will make a way, he will make a way. Praise the Lord. In those times that you are facing challenges in your life and every door looks shut, every exit looks shut, God will make a way. Why? Because he is the way. Praise the Lord. No man can ever confine God. Nobody can lock God in a place. So when people are trying to confine you in a given corner, remind yourself God will make a way because he is the way. He is the way. Praise the Lord. Luke 8, 22. It's the verse in which Jesus comes the storms. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake and there were filled and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water, and they ceased. And there was come. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds, and water, and they obey him. When are you going to allow God to work, act in your life? Storms will definitely be there. If they are bit there, others are coming. Stronger than the first one. Praise the Lord. But it's until you discover there is the truth of God sitting here, and the truth of God says they will be calm in that storm. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. The same Jesus who is the truth, the way, and the life comes in the time of storm and says, be still. Praise the Lord. How many want Jesus to say, be still in your calm, in your, in your storms? There are many, and we want Jesus to tell those storms, come down. This is my charge. 
Praise the Lord. We need a calm in such moments. Luke 8, 26 talks about the demonic in Genesaret, Kedarines. Uh, and they arrived, 26, and they arrived at the country of Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And uh, when he went forth to the land, they met him out of the city, a certain man which had dim devils long time and wore no cloth, neither abode in any house, but in tombs. Verse 31, verse 30, and Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And uh, verse 33, then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. Now, anybody who has, who has been involved in casting demons from somebody who is possessed, you will bear witness on this. The demons, one of their strategies is to try and wear you down. You pray and they seem to be, they know they are going to leave. But they just struggle until they make you feel like I've prayed for two hours. Uh, maybe I'll come back later in the evening. But it's, it's because they want to wear you out. If you read this verse carefully, you notice when Jesus is asking, what is your name? It's because he had asked them earlier. The Bible records he had asked them earlier to leave. But they were still in this man. I don't know whether your version say that. So he comes, what is your name? And they, they try to intimidate Jesus. They try to intimidate him. We are many. We are many. But because he knew who he was, he was relaxed. And he sent them away. Know the power and the authority you have as a child of God. I was sharing with brethren the other day and I told them, my first few months in this place, I was teaching and one child who seems to come from a very well-off family, well-positioned, was not doing something right. And one of my colleagues went to this guy and said, he raised his voice and said, you must do this. And the boy turned around and said, do you know who I am? Praise the Lord. You know, if, if a 13, 14 year old child is asking you, do you know who I am? <laughs> Even if you are strong, sometimes you wonder, where did he get the guts to ask me this kind of question? But the boy knew who he was. He knew his family. He knew what they could do. That's why he was talking so confidently. Do you know who you are? Child of God, do you know who you are? Do you know the powers that are in you? Because he gave them power to trample on scorpions, snakes, and to cast out all evil powers. Do you know that you receive the same power? He said, all authority in heaven has been given to me. Therefore, I send you out. That means he has given you the same power. Praise the Lord. So that means in situations that we are facing, we're confronted with, we have got the authority to stamp our authority as children of God and declare to that, that situation that my God lives. Because he lives, I confess 
tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know oh, he holds my future. And life is what the living just because he lives. I want you to meditate over these things as our pastor comes to close. To know that God has given you certain truth in your life, you need to begin to act on those truths. That your life may be changed, that your joy may be complete. I want us to take our Bibles and return to the first verse, which is John 16, 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And in verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So there are questions we have to ask ourselves. There are truths we have heard this afternoon. And we need to turn those statements which our dear brother made into questions and ask, does this apply in my life? I want us to turn to God in prayer. Talk to God right now. Because if you know the truth, you shall have total faith. Look at your own life and talk to God. Ask yourself, have I complete faith in God? Do I have unwavering faith in God? Whatever be the circumstances, whatever be the storms in my life, where is my faith? God, I want to trust you. Tell him. Tell him that you do not want to turn to the right or the left. The Bible in many places, time and again, tells us to trust God. It says, love your neighbor, but trust God. We have turned it around. We love God and we trust our neighbor. Church, we need to have total, total, complete, implicit, unwavering faith in God. Whatever be the scenes we see in front of us. If you know the truth, you know that you are created in His image. You are made in the likeness of God. That's what we heard today. And that's what we read in the scriptures. Is your life 
a true representation of God. Look at your own life. Is it a true manifestation of the image of God? If you know the truth, do you recognize the authority of the name I am? And do you apply that in your life? Who is God in your life? If you know the truth, can you say without doubt that you are nothing but for God? Are you depending on your achievements, your wealth, your history, all of which is nothing because everything is about God? Do you know that truth? That you are who you are because of the great I am. If you know the truth, you will have no doubt that Jesus is the only way. Do you accept that? Are you one of those who says, Jesus is one of the ways? Because that's not what God is telling us. That's not what the Word of God says. That's not what our Savior has said. The Bible clearly says that Jesus is the only way. Do you accept that? And are you allowing Jesus to make the roads in your life? Don't look at me. Don't look at things in this hall. Talk to God right now. Because God is asking you a question. Do you know who you are today? Do you know the truth? The truth with a capital T. Have you been set free? Just take a moment to thank God for these powerful words which we heard this afternoon. Words that can set us free. Words that can mean a lot to our tomorrows. Father, we say thank you, Lord, that today you have spoken to us opened our eyes to greater truth. Things that we have taken for granted. Things that we have been casual about. Father God, you have blessed us so bountifully over the past days and years. And so very often, we have been casual in our attitude to you, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that today you have reminded us through your child that we need to be set free. That in you is the truth, and that is the only truth we need to have. Father, we thank you, Lord, and we give glory to you.
Thank you, Father, for your child whom you have used this day, Lord, to bring us these great truths, Lord, Father. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless him and his family, that you will anoint him the more, that he will come with greater words from you, Lord, Father. And we will be blessed as we listen to what he brings across to us. Thank you, Lord, for every good thing that you have done. For in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace. The Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.